think the questions that they're asking of themselves and others shows this desire to understand the workings of our government and our society a lot more deeply. You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. This is a show about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in people's work and lives. Back in December, I was driving to my parents' house in Connecticut when I heard a story on NPR about a teacher who leads a class on news literacy right here in Arlington at Wakefield High School. In a minute, Patricia Hunt will join me for that conversation. But before she does, I want to think about where we get our news. So this is the place where I would typically insert some thoughtful segment about um, picking up a sound or following a curiosity around Arlington. And as I was working on that segment yesterday, I happened to have a conversation with a woman who used to work in Top 40 Radio. She hosted a talk morning show, hit talk morning show. And one of the things that she said to me in the course of this conversation was, you know, this whole thing with fake news, I mean, that's been going on for ages. All those callers with these incendiary stories, you know, I'm a a quadriplegic bigot and I'm cheating on my wife. They're paid actors and they're just making this stuff up. And people eat it up. And when I was on that show, I had I had a side contract that I couldn't tell anybody. And, you know, in some places, people are sort of in on the joke. But in those cases, the audience was never in on the joke. The audience believed this stuff was real. And, you know, she was saying to this to me, and I thought, I, I, I don't even know where to start with how unconscionable it seemed to me. So this question of fake news and, and being curious when we hear stories, no matter where they're coming from, you know, what does that mean? And what does it mean to be so untruthful in public space and the obligations that it have? And I just, I just have to say that it made me incredibly proud to be a part of WERA and a part of something that I feel is so credible and so honest and authentic Uh, right now. So I just want to say thank you for listening. And now I'll get off my soapbox and we'll go back to our conversation. Patricia Hunt has been a teacher for 24 years and currently teaches U.S. and Virginia government at Wakefield. She's been interested in news literacy for a long time and certainly current events make the skill all the more important. So welcome, Patricia. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So let's start first by defining news. What what exactly is news literacy? What are we talking about? I'd say news literacy is the ability to consume information in a responsible way. Mm. Yeah, to be able to distinguish fact and opinion, uh, real news from fake news, um, and to see event, events and issues from a variety of perspectives. Yeah. And what got you starting in teaching that? Well, as a social studies teacher, I've mm-hmm. for years, you know, from the beginning, um, been teaching students how to look at history, events, um, and people from a variety of perspectives. And then um, I've been teaching U.S. government for the last 10 years and have been teaching students to look at news and policy uh, from a variety of perspectives, you know, 
liberal, conservative, libertarian, totalitarian. But the last few years, I've been wanting to teach government using the news, Mm -hmm. just solely through the news. And in order to do that, I really need to make sure that students know what they're reading. What's the difference between, you know, an opinion piece, a column, a news, straight news story? Um, So I've been following the news literacy project's work for for years now. And then just this past fall have been, um, I was really lucky to be chosen to pilot the program Checkology. So I want to ask more about that in a minute. But back up, do your students know how to tell the difference between when they come into this at the start? Do they know the difference between some do. a column, an opinion, and a straight-up yeah, news do, story? Some do, some don't. Yeah, they. It it depends. It yeah. depends on you know how they get their own news, right? So and how do they get their news? Well, a lot of students get their news through social media. Yeah, yeah, through posts and tweets, and so online, and. Uh, yeah, they're they're not so familiar with the mainstream sources of uh, media that uh, older generations. Right, there's no more Walter Cronkite at no. six o'clock for everyone, is there? <laughs> no, there isn't. <laughs> no. Yes, and everyone's getting it from different places, right? Right, right. So, um, yeah, students need to to learn uh, the difference between an opinion piece and a news piece and propaganda and mm-hmm. an advertisement. And uh, so you mentioned the News Literacy Project and their Czechology course. Tell, describe those for people who aren't familiar with them. So the News Literacy Project has put together this great um, platform for students to practice these skills, mm-hmm. learn these skills and practice these skills of news literacy. And um, so it, it allows students to be able to identify info zones. So what kind of piece is this? Is this an opinion piece? Is it a news piece? Is it propaganda? Is it an advertisement, etc. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's it's online and the students have their own individual accounts. They can go at their own pace, but it's filled with um, real news and examples and reporters from around the country. So they have their own account. Does that mean that they pick news sources that they're following or there's a variety of stuff and they go in and they're and they're reading it through this account. Yeah, so they 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 have their own account but the material is provided through Checkology uh-huh. Uh-huh. until the end when they um, have an opportunity to choose news stories uh, and then go through the process using um, the checks. Uh-huh. And so what do those checks consist of? Well, the first step is to identify the author uh-huh. of a news piece. Um, does a person have any contact information? Who has produced the the article? Mm-hmm. Um, and is it a reputable source? Have any sources been used in the news piece? Um, multiple sources. What's the quality of the sources? Um, so get a sense of the the provenance of the information. I mean, like, where did it exactly. come from? Does it have footprints? Has anybody else treated it as credible? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. All the the standards for journalism mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. one would employ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so they, you teach them the skills of doing that through the class, and then at the end, um, they have this opportunity to really sort of ride without training wheels, it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The oh, idea cool. is that we start each class with the news. And 
that serves as sort of the the framework for the class and um, sets the tone for the class, mm-hmm. the subject for the class. And I want them to ask questions about the news. I want them to wonder how things work, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where the author is coming from. Um, so Checkology has done a great job providing them with those skills, and then I can run with that. Oh, great. So what kinds of questions and skills does Checkology help them build? One of the best um, skills is to find out what the purpose of the piece is. So Uh, there is a cacophony out there of information and competing sources. So what is the agenda behind the piece? Mm -hmm. So Checkology um, teaches the students to look for tone, um, to look for bias and perspective. And we can use that on a daily basis in government class when they're reading a piece from, um, say, the Washington Post versus the Washington Times or uh-huh. um, the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times. It's so interesting because I find myself, without the benefit of this curriculum, but just for myself, literally stopping myself and going, Am I happy to read this or unhappy to read this? And what's that doing to my perception of whether or not I think it's right? Yeah. Because it's like, oh, yes, of course. You know, and you kind of go down the rabbit hole. Well, I don't know that that's a – that's not a test of reliability. That's a test of bias confirmation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that is what we're working with. Today, when we have all these customized news pages and Facebook feeds, and right. um, the algorithms work in your individual favor, but they don't work in the favor of our society, right? Because there yeah. you are in your own echo chamber. You're only hearing what your friends that you've chosen uh-huh. um, have cared to share. Right. Um, and the students face this too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I face it myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all do. And if we're honest, we all do, right? Yes. I mean, if we think we don't, right. we're probably not being honest with ourselves. Right. Yeah. Though I have taken um, the habit, up the habit of going on to Friends of Friends Facebook pages just uh-huh. to see what el- other people are posting, uh-huh. to see what am I missing here? Yeah. yeah. What's the other perspective? And it's, it. I don't like what I see. It doesn't uh-huh. make me feel good, but it is the real world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are the kids, I mean, as they begin to explore that question of agenda, is that actually a new idea to them? Um, or do they get the idea that news could actually have a, I, I don't want to use the word propaganda, but a, but a kind of um, persuasion agenda independent of just the facts? <clears throat> well, that's that's actually the difference that they need to start seeing is mm-hmm. that news does not have an agenda other than to inform, Yeah. right? So if they're seeing something that has an agenda, then it's not news. Uh-huh. But what has happened is the mainstream media has been bashed so much for so many years. Students are coming in with a perception that they can't trust the news. Right. So that's really a scary place to be as a teacher of government as well as yeah. Well, and I think, you know, um, in the old days, when you read a print newspaper, 
you sort of had the, the physical markers of where something appeared in the paper, whether it was on the front page as a news story or it was in you know, the editorial section or an op-ed. You had very firm clues about where something fit in the newspaper's idea about whether or not it was opinion versus news. In social media, those lines are very blurry. Stuff comes across Facebook, Twitter. It's hard to know what's an opinion versus what's a, uh, what's a news story. And the headlines don't necessarily help. Exactly. And even primetime television, mm-hmm. right? You have uh, news stations where the person on the screen is is really sharing their opinion and right. not not just conveying the the facts yeah um, yeah it, it is it is tricky because you have stories that have all of the trappings right of being news but you have to dig deeper yeah right so how many sources what's the credibility of those sources uh-huh. um, has it been confirmed are they official sources all of those checklists that Checkology provides Uh are critical. So once they've looked at that agenda question, and then they start looking at some of this attribution and sources, and what what are the other kinds of, what else is on the checklist, or what are the other techniques that you help the kids kind of build in order to get at making a determination about whether or not this is news or not? I think I think that's about it. Uh-huh. I mean, I think that those It's a huge one though. <laughs> it, there there there's a long list. Uh, there are multiple steps, but um once they get them, they just they just need to keep practicing. Them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do they see their strength growing? It's hmm. a great question. I'm not sure I can really answer that question yet. To be honest with you. Yeah, we're we're still in the throes of uh-huh. learning these skills and applying the skills to the class and to their lives. So I'm not really sure I can answer the question yet as to the growth. We continue to have conversations. Uh-huh. We look at news outside of Czechology in the class, looking at the new administration and um, the accusations of fake news and the disconnect in in the American population. So they're really good, solid conversations, but I'm not sure how well they're doing on their own, the the news that they're choosing to read mm. today in their life. Well, and I, I'm not sure how the rest of us are doing on our own either. I mean, it's I find it increasingly difficult to make yeah. those determinations and, and literally find myself going, wow, is that true? from sources that I would never have questioned in the past. And that I find that very disconcerting yeah. um, to have that kind of effect. I was, As I was preparing for this conversation, I came across um, a piece looking at confirmation bias and science writers. And this was in Slate magazine. And the author talked about keeping a surprise journal. And I thought this was such an interesting idea. And I think of it in the context of your class. It's like, huh, what does it mean to um, keep a journal where you're sort of paying attention to where news surprises you, where some, where in- incoming information surprises you? Right. Uh, because I do think that's one test of whether or not you're getting outside your bubble. Um, and uh, I think about it for your kids in this process. They're in this pilot, right? They're just, yeah. 
who knows where this is going to go? You know, does it really teach what they need to learn? Um, but them being their own record keepers of this is what my journey on this was. Do they do any kind of journaling or kind of tracking on the process? We we do journal in class, mm-hmm. um, and we haven't journaled about Czechology specifically, but what we do do every day is listen to a news piece and then have an online discussion. We use Google oh, Classroom. interesting. And, and students pose questions and then respond to each other's questions. And in that way... I think the questions that they're asking of themselves and others shows this desire to understand the workings of our government and our mm-hmm. society a lot more deeply. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was going to ask sort of what what are they curious about in the news? I mean, what's the news that they are seeking out? So the news of late has been, of course, the the election Mm -hmm. and um, the new administration. So I have asked them what matters to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I've been using that the last couple of days to choose news stories about the topics and the issues that matter most to them. Um, So they're curious as to why government officials make the decisions that they make. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're wondering what would be the purpose of instituting, you know, whatever policy has been, you know, proposed or right, unfolded. Right. Do you find that having them look at government through the news makes them more curious about government? Does it, does it help to make it more immediate or relevant? Well, that was the point. Uh, uh, was, I mean, I, that, that would was, be my assumption. Yeah, that was that was my goal. <laughs> to, you know, I'm always looking for novel ways to keep them, to get them engaged and to right. keep them engaged. And the news that is most relevant to their lives is a great way to, to hook them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they are interested mm-hmm. in how it all works. And I find it far more interesting to teach that than to teach the stuff in the abstract. Like, here are the steps how a bill becomes a law. Right. Right. <laughs> Let's look at something that's in in the process. Uh-huh. How did this come to be? Uh-huh. Where does it need to go from here? Do you think that they use these same skills in assessing kind of more popular media? I'm thinking about the other kinds of news and information that they receive and whether or not they're translating these skills into assessing that information as well, the sort of pop rumor, you know, kind of more... Even even just social news, do you think it translates? I would I would hope. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not privy to to all of the social stuff that they're that they're immersed in, um, but they seem to be pretty equipped. You know, they they know terms like, oh, that's just clickbait. They uh-huh. you know, they've been able to you know make connections to you know their world of say Instagram and having you know. A, a verification check to to know that oh, it's... Oh, now you mentioned... This is interesting. You mentioned this when we spoke earlier about this verification check. Yeah. Um, back up for people who aren't familiar with Instagram and that verification check and their questions about something comparable elsewhere in media use. Sure. So I'm not... I cannot say that I'm familiar with Instagram. You can just report yes. on their behalf. Yes. So on, <laughs> what it was recommended yeah. um, by a couple of students that news organizations could use the same 
technique of verifying the authenticity um, or the veracity of the the news report by you know using this check uh-huh. that Instagram uses for celebrities. Um, you know, so say Miley Cyrus has an Instagram account, you know it is indeed her Instagram account if there's this check. Right. Um, right. And I thought it kind of funny because they had said the New York Times should use these checks. And I thought, wow, that's really telling that they would ask that of a news source like an established news source like the New York Times. Right. Something that we think of as sort of already being the check, actually. Yes. Yes. Though that has been called into question a lot. Right. Right. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating. So how does curiosity fit into this news literacy question? So I think that this, uh, there's so, like I said before, there's so much competing information out there. Mm -hmm. So much that can whet your appetite. And people make a choice every time they click. And what rabbit hole are they going to go down? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's because of curiosity. You click on that headline that says, you know, where are the celebrities now? Right? And well, what are, what does their hair look like? What are they wearing? <laughs> right. It's like, so people are curious about, you know, it, just silly stuff like that. But then they're also curious about how does, how does the society work? What's relevant to me? How does the government work? Where do I fit in? So I think the dream is the truth. Ah, yeah. And so what are you going to digest? What are you going to, you know, okay, fine, I'm going to click on that, look at those pictures, you know, watch that little clip. It's meaningless. But what is the stuff that you're going to internalize? What, what are you going to make meaning of? What are you going to take action on? It needs to be factual yeah it needs to be real yeah so how do you determine that what you're looking at is real <laughs> so you sort of anticipated my last question which is sort of what do you hope the kids do with this going forward i mean if if this turns out exactly as you hope it will what does that look like well the hope is always that the students will participate in our democracy mm. in a meaningful way, in a productive and um, in a productive way. Mm-hmm. So it's important that they're consuming information in a responsible way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for seeing to that. I'm trying. <laughs> well, thank you. That's all I can say. Well, before you go, I warned you this was coming, right? I have this yes, big yes, jar of yes. wannabe analogies. Okay. So reach in. Take out one I'm slip of paper. I'm a little scared. No, don't be scared. And um, I'm going to take one too. I'll take one out for the audience. And you can go first or I can go, whatever you prefer. Okay, so tell me. So what you do is you're going to make an analogy with the word on your slip of paper, whatever that is, to curiosity. Want to give it a shot or you want me to go? Why don't you start? And okay. I will. Okay. Um, so mine is pool. Um, and I'm going to say that curiosity is like a pool um, because um, 
when it's still, it reflects things back, but it's something that just calls out to be jumped into. And when you do that, um, you can create quite a splash, but you also get wet. I mean, it changes you by jumping into it. And I think curiosity is the same way. You jump in and you're changed by it. So that's how curiosity is like a pool. What do you have? So I have flying a kite. So curiosity is like flying a kite in that, well, if you take the perspective of the kite, Ah. what can you see? Um, But also, how long is it going to stay up there? What kind of wind is going to come? Where is it going to take this kite? I like that. I like, well, I love that image of kind of the kite sort of up there in the wind, and, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go places you don't really anticipate it going. I yeah, like that. No, I yeah. like that a lot. No control. Nice, nice. And audience, yours is a blank canvas. How is curiosity like a blank mm. canvas? Mm, all kinds of interesting yes. things. So, Patricia, thank you. Thank for this. you. This is really an fun. honor and a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, I am. Um, as I say, I was very excited when I um, heard you on the radio. I'm flattered. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia. If you joined us late or want to catch up on your Choose to be Curious listening, check us out online at WERA.FM, streaming live and on demand. Tell us, how do you assess the reliability of the news you get? Check us out on Facebook, Choose to be Curious, Twitter, Choose number two, letter B, Curious. Don't forget to send us your blank canvas analogy, hashtag analogy, and let me know. Where, you, where do you get your news? How do you know it's reliable? Special thanks to our guest, Patricia Hunt, to our radio colleagues at NPR for putting her on my radar in the first place, and to all the other places I receive what I hope is genuinely useful and truthful information. I'm always grateful you're there. I hope you'll join us next time when we take our curiosity to the Arlington Farmer's Market. Should be fun. Until then choose to be curious.